what does creativity have to do with self-care and what does self-care have to do with creativity? Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy. This is real life. And I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh-Cedar, burnout prevention psychotherapist and consultant. And I'm over the moon to be joined today by Alana Story, licensed psychotherapist in the Bay Area. And she is here to talk with us more about creativity, both in the therapy process and out. So welcome to the show, Alana. You had, um, you know, a choice when I invited you on the show. I was just excited to hear more about how you work. And I gave you the option to talk about, um, you know, I know a lot about your practice, having worked together and being in community together. Um, And, you know, you picked creativity as a topic for today. So would you introduce yourself to the audience and just tell us a little bit about yourself and why did you choose to talk about creativity? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I've been listening to it for a while and it's definitely an honor to be included on here. Um, I'm a psychotherapist in Oakland, California, and I've been in private practice um, for a little over a year. Before that, I worked in a number of different settings in community mental health. Um, And Throughout that time, um, I found that for my own grounding, finding a creative practice, um, a spiritual practice, or both were really essential to avoiding burnout and Mm -hmm. to coping with the stresses of being in a very um, frontline sort of caregiving role. So when people. so when you talk about creativity, um, you came first to it on kind of a personal and individual level. That's that's how I first came to it um, mm-hmm. as a tool for my own balance and mental wellness. Um, and I, you know, I think that's just naturally what I gravitate toward. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, since as long as I can remember, that's been, you know. A, what I do when I have time alone or something that I enjoyed as, as a kid and as a teen. And, um, I got my undergraduate degree in creative writing. So that was really important to me in many ways. And I think I didn't know it at the time, but it led me into, um, being a therapist because of the way that as a writer, I would need to observe people and figure out, um, sort of their way of thinking in the world. And I think the two go hand in hand in a lot of ways. So I think I, I became interested in creativity as a tool for healing, yes, first uh, in my own life, um, but then also seeing the ways that being creative in the therapy office, mm-hmm. um, both you know, as myself, as a therapist, being able to improvise, being able to think creatively about an intervention or something that might be useful um, for somebody to try or to practice. Um, I give a lot of journaling assignments or um, assignments to find a creative outlet. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that can be really useful for someone who's struggling with anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. um, or PTSD is to be able to express that. Um, so when you talk about bringing creative, 
creative tools or creativity into the therapy process, the way you're describing it, it's almost like it sounds like it's something that really comes out of you um, rather than sure. bringing something in. Am I hearing kind of in that of permission giving of, hey, I'm going to use these tools that I appreciate and, and share them? Yeah, well, I think we all as therapists bring a lot of who we are to the work mm -hmm. that we do. Um, mm -hmm. And we draw on our own strengths and, and interests. And, you know, anytime someone's really passionate about um, CBT, let's say, or, mm -hmm. let's, or another um, therapeutic modality, I think it's often because that's, it fits with the way that they think. Uh -huh. um, and it the way that they to them it on, speaks to them on some level, or mm -hmm. I've heard people say about actually about CBT in particular, like, oh, this is actually the way that my brain already works. Uh -huh. but this gives me the language uh -huh. um, to take it a step further. You uh -huh. know, people who are really good at reframes and positive self-talk and uh -huh. silencing that that inner critic mm -hmm. um, and sort of operate that way on a daily basis are are probably going to be really good. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that I mean, analytical mind. Right? Yeah, that logical. analytical and, mind. Um, you know, I know, for example, my brother, he's great at arguing. Uh -huh. <laughs> he's just, he's always had a knack um, for having a comeback and yeah. a good argument about something. And he, in high school, he would say, oh, I would do this for sport. Uh -huh. I would argue for sport. <laughs> um, and now he's become really good at practicing CBT. I think that... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He uses that mindset. He was in sales for a long time. He was really good at sales because he could convince somebody of anything. It's like a superpower, so, right? Yeah. And with every superpower, it comes with its own kryptonite, right? And so the mm -hmm. reason why cognitive behavioral therapy might work for someone is, you know, let's say they have the inner critic that is also really good at pointing out, oh, this could be a little bit better. We could tweak that. We could do right. that. Um, and you know, when we look for a counterbalance to that, mm -hmm. um, on the show, we've talked a lot about dialectical behavior therapy, which is, um, it complements CBT and then adds to that a little bit of balance from the, what we call the third wave therapies, which are more acceptance-based oriented, right? Not trying to change the way you think about anything, but look at the way it is, right? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's a, when we look at translating therapy skills, one of them is uh, looking for that counterbalance, right? So I've got a lot of this. How can I balance it with a little bit of that? So here's my question for you with creativity. Who gets to be creative, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, tell me if you think this is true. There's a lot of kind of uh, real estate set up around creativity. And there's even, um, it's hard for people to call themselves an artist, right? That's kind of like a proclamation and almost like an indication that you've already that you have worked to be the artist of, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about bringing creativity into the therapy process, for some folks um, that might feel even like a coming out process of kind of acknowledging what's already there. I'm looking what what looking at what is and I'm giving creative expression to that. Mm -hmm. um, what about folks coming and they don't really see themselves that way or wouldn't necessarily call themselves a creative. How do sure. you, how do you interact with creativity in, in that context? Well, I think that that's actually the most common uh, attitude that I see with people mm -hmm. coming into my office that 
whether or not they engage in a creative practice, they, for the most part, don't consider themselves to be artists or creatives. And um, I like to present it as this is a tool. This is not something you need to be good at. And let's take that pressure off that this isn't about creating something that's going to be in a museum or is going to be published in a magazine. Mm -hmm. Would Um, you say that's one of the biggest blockers that people face is feeling like they're supposed to be good at it or that it's um, a perfectionist exercise? Sometimes. Yeah. And and I think um, that sometimes there is like a paralysis of self-judgment, but it can also be a tool to look at. Oh, I, you know, there's that self-judgment coming up maybe if we work on this let's have you create the worst drawing you've ever seen and see what you have to get really (laughs) creative with that don't you (laughs) you're gonna create the worst drawing you've ever seen um there's a great i love the writing exercise that's about writing the worst poem Mm -hmm. you have to write just the worst poem you possibly can Mm -hmm. and that's that's just terrible and then usually what happens when people do that exercise is that it's actually what they create is actually funny Mm. that it's not Mm -hmm. worthless and terrible there's Mm -hmm. it's you know not this amazing you know insightful piece of work but Mm -hmm. it's could be hilarious yeah what you're jogging in my memory is one of my social worker superheroes Jeanette shout out to Jeanette she always had this great tactic when any one of us on you know, on the team that we were working on back then, if one of the therapists on the team had a really bad day, she would say, you know, okay, come on now. But what would the worst therapist in the whole world have done in that situation? And it was pretty hilarious to hear a group of therapists come up with the worst case scenario because they've seen some stuff. And no matter what this therapist is feeling bad about, it wasn't the worst thing uh, the worst therapist would have done, right? And you know, what that illustrates for me, what you're talking about is creativity actually sneaks into teeny tiny moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me a lot of, here's another one of these therapy concepts that we're looking at, psychological flexibility, right? That's when people have aha moments when they start to look at things um, in another light or from another point of view. And so I'm wondering if you could say something about that, um, that overlap between creativity and perspective Mm. that I I think that the most powerful way that that can happen one of the most powerful ways um could be when people are able to write out um or draw out just externalize Mm -hmm. the situation that's going on Mm -hmm. and, and from that exercise are able to see things from a little bit of a broader lens just a little bit just a little bit to say, oh, oh, this is what it is. Oh, there's even, that out. there's a word for that or there's an image for that, that or right. a feeling for that. Mm-hmm. Um, or there, here's the story that I'm writing and like, maybe I could reauthor that a little bit, retell the narrative in a different way. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not that everything is going to be terrible, but that I've had these X, Y, and Z hurdles and I'm working on getting through them. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. There's something interesting that happens to language when you, well, the way we process and think about things when we, when we put a language to it, it forces your brain to organize ideas Mm -hmm. and put them um, in a framework and try to make sense of that. Um, I've had some good moments, you know, with people just being able to 
rather people who have the urge to self-harm or the urge to cut to just draw or to even mm-hmm. like use a pretty sharp pen like mm-hmm. some you know to kind of just make a line on the paper mm-hmm. um and that being an alternative behavior yeah. to choose when they're feeling those really intense feelings or wanting that yeah. sense of relief um Sometimes play therapists will do that with kids, won't they? They'll say, like, you feel yeah. so bad. Draw draw the size of your anger. Draw right. the color of it, right? And there's something soothing. It's a rare adult who, you know, wants to hear that or <laughs> would, you know, not roll their eyes at me if I said that. Mm-hmm. But I have worked a lot with kids, and I think a lot of my interventions um, – that I use with kids can be tweaked a little bit to, mm-hmm. to be used with adults. And mm-hmm. I, I think we can all use that. I have, um, we're in my office right now. You can see there's all kinds of Play-Doh mm-hmm. over there and mm-hmm. clients are sitting right where you're sitting. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're like, Oh, is that just for kids? <laughs> adult clients want to, <laughs> they want the, to the invitation. The, yeah. To be able to, it, it can be easier to talk about challenging subjects when you're squeezing some Play-Doh or like, playing with the sand or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, braiding with the embroidery thread or Mm -hmm. something. I remember an old supervisor giving us this little technique. You say it's, you know, most folks would roll their eyes at that invitation to color. And I think you're right. I think there's something about our culture that says that's, that's, that's just for, for kids. And an old supervisor taught me this technique when working with teenagers, Mm -hmm. um, you might set it up for them and say, Hey, I, you know, there's this, this, this tool I learned, you know, it's really for little kids. Um, but do you mind testing it out with me? And just, just tell me if you think it works. Um, let's try, I know it's really for little kids, but you and I, let's test it out together. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and it does make me think how, how can we use that creative invitation for adults? I, I had an experience, um, last week I had an opportunity to go to a, a wellness fair and there are a bunch of booths and, um, you know, the Pilates instructor is showing Pilates and the cafe is giving the free cookie. It's a little bit hard to show what therapy looks like uh-huh. uh, in a v- visual way. And for me, um, you know, I'm not putting creative therapist on my website anywhere. I'm not adopting that uh, that label, but it was a fun challenge for me to think creatively about, OK, how do I show people what we as therapists do? And I came up with this teeny little exercise, which was self-care mm-hmm. in a bottle. And I got a cute little hipster tiny little glass bottle um off the internet and the the challenge for everyone passing by was you know this is a tiny little bottle you can't fit everything in there but you've got some stamps to choose from and you can color outside the lines if you want to and 200 people stopped by and they set a little self-care in a bottle intention for themselves and they had to pick one or two things Um, And people did get really creative. And it was interesting um, to see, you know, folks from all demographics smiling and joking around and being silly with each other. Um, But it it was like they did need that invitation. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm wondering how you what are other examples of that? How you invite people into the creative process when you know that the norm is that it's considered silly or juvenile or you know, self-indulgent? Sure. Um, Sometimes that's a, it's a good question. I want to think, you know, I, um, I think the easiest time is when 
it's somebody who has had a creative practice Mm -hmm. and maybe has fallen away from that Mm -hmm. um, or that was a really good form of self-care that you know I always ask about what are your coping strategies what are the things that you're passionate about what do you love to do Mm -hmm. and you know, you can imagine a good number of people will say, oh, it's, I love to paint or, um, you know, I used to do woodworking Mm -hmm. or I like to write and I journal. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one way that I process my thoughts. And, um, often people who are in a moment of real struggle or challenge in their lives will have fallen away from the, the habit of Mm -hmm. engaging in that and so the easiest time is when it's like oh well let's see if if we can sort of get you into a new habit by starting it Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you want to just doodle while you're talking to me let's say yeah yeah um or here's a really brief journal exercise that I've found with many people is useful or um something to that so a big part of it like any any, any skill we're learning in therapy, it's going to solidify, it's going to soak in if it's an experience, right? If you're right. having a chance to have that muscle memory and, oh, wow, it does feel good to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, or somebody who, you know, comes to therapy and has lots to talk about, but is really in their head and is actively trying to engage in a different way mm-hmm. and wants to get into their emotional mm-hmm. mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um So we know there are some times when you might use creativity as part of the therapeutic process. So, you know, we talked about cognitive behavioral Mm -hmm. therapy, um, even rewriting some of those personal narratives, Um, you know, for folks who've had a trauma background and wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares, we'll often have them, you know, pretend you're the director of your very own movie and you don't like that scene in the middle of the movie. Let's do a retake and go ahead and rewrite the ending Mm -hmm. uh, to that nightmare. So if you ever wake up in the middle of the night and have that nightmare, you already have a ready-made ending. That's a great one. So that's something we would do in the therapy process, and you would do that with coaching and with feedback so that someone can help you um, get that perspective. What about for folks who are outside the therapy process? You know, this podcast is all about translating therapy concepts into a sustainable self-care routine. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're talking to someone who maybe they have fallen out of a practice and you're encouraging them to go back and look at things they've tried about tried before. So that gives some mm-hmm. clues. Uh, what about folks who for the very first time or they're just kind of experimenting with the idea of um, bringing creativity into their self-care practice, where might they start? Great question. I think to start with something that is more familiar. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we've all, you know, at least as children, mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. that permission mm-hmm. to just create and mm-hmm. kids are so natural at it. And then somewhere along the line, we're told that that's not as important as maybe mm-hmm. other areas of study or um, other kinds of work. And so to start with something that you enjoy mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. you felt comfortable with maybe as a child or maybe there were a few years ago that um, you had a way of just doodling in the margins during conference calls. or mm-hmm. um, So starting with that, I think... For people who are seeking more of a sense of community, 
taking a basic art class, everyone in that, whatever, and there's, you know, hundreds and not necessarily high cost ones throughout the Bay Area that are just there's great. There's so many ways, ways to, to enter into that, right? You could do a meetup, you could do libraries and rec centers, mm-hmm. even have adult knitting groups and things like that. You, If you look for it, you can find community. Totally. I, I took a, um, a glass class that was, and I'm forgetting the exact name for what it was. It wasn't glass blowing. It was creating different mm-hmm. images under glass and then baking them in a kiln. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, I've never, I'd never done before. It was like at the San Francisco Parks and Rec. Oh, that's <laughs> um, amazing. And just something where I was like, I'm a complete beginner at this. And I think just going into it, knowing you're going to be a beginner, yeah. whatever it is, if you haven't done it before in any serious way. Yeah. And there's something that's great about that. There's actually studies that show that trying a new skill and learning a new skill can help with the effects of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, so ama- it's amazing to me that creativity that. gets trivialized in so many ways or that we treat it as something juvenile. Because when I think of when I think of the moments that have really stuck with me the most or the moments of joy that I've had, they are really those exceptional, unique moments mm-hmm. that that um don't happen very often right and I when I think of creativity um when you talk about creativity I'm hearing a lot of permission giving I'm hearing a lot of openness I'm hearing a lot of um I'm not hearing like you have to dedicate your whole life to a creative no. practice it's about finding small spaces Yeah. And I think if it's going to be a stress reliever and a self-care strategy, that's all it needs to be. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. probably not going to be a stress reliever if you put the pressure on yourself, like I'm going to make it as a full-time artist in a year or something like that. That's That's a lot of stress. But to say, oh, you know, five minutes a day, I'm going to spend on this one creative pursuit. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole goal. Mm -hmm. The goal isn't an outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, that can be very, very useful and really mitigate stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a plug too, as you know, for people getting started um, as a self care strategy. There's a great book written by my friend um, Jen Cross, and it's called Writing Ourselves Whole, and it's mm-hmm. it's includes all kinds of writing exercises that are most of them are specifically geared for survivors of sexual trauma, but it doesn't. I think they could be useful for anyone, whether or not that's the way that you identify. Um, And it it includes writing strategies. She leads a lot of workshops for survivors and also general topic workshops, which are Mm -hmm. fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it talks about her process with that and how to form such groups, but also gives some practical Mm -hmm. writing advice and When you look at the overlap between trauma, recovery, and creativity, you'll find a whole bunch of self-care role models. I mean, I look back to, um, you know, when I was an undergrad, I was a Latin American studies major. And and when you look at the history across Latin America, there's um, a lot to be learned from um, a lot of U.S.-backed dictatorships that reigned over that period and what also... um, thrived during that period was creative expression because when there are policies and things that are outside your control, one thing that can never be controlled 
is the mind and freedom of expression. So when you look at radical movements out there, um, a lot of protest and over and, and art have a lot of overlap. So it's interesting to look at in the individual experience when someone hasn't had control over their own narrative, um, how, how empowering that can actually be to have tools to, um, to express that. Sure. Or in times and places where life might feel meaningless, that mm-hmm. cre- mm-hmm. art and creativity are one thing that gives life mm-hmm. meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. It can give our suffering meaning. Mm-hmm. Look at any, uh, Comedian, uh-huh. <laughs> um, Pete Davidson's dad passed away in the 9/11 attacks. Um, Stephen Colbert is the survivor of half of his family dying in a car crash. Um, we have um, really tremendous heroes um, that have mm-hmm. um, come out of really terrible situations um, to build something out of that. And there is something about, um, you know, we start out the conversation with you sharing that you came to creativity through a personal and also through a spiritual practice. Um, so it's interesting when we talk about creativity, it's not just a hot glue gun and some pencils here and there. Um, for a lot of folks, it can be more of a spiritual um, and even a practice and compassion, right? mm-hmm. connection to others and community. Um, so shout out to all the improv classes out there. That's another good way yes. to get creative. Shout out to all the adult ed learning classes. Shout out to all the meetups and communities that people are starting for themselves. Shout out to all the therapists who are using creative tools. Shout out to all the individuals who are making space for creativity wherever they go, because that's definitely not um, what the culture is kind of offering for us. Is there anything else that you would say, Alana, to anyone out there who's um, trying to think creatively about a creative practice, anything that you want them to kind of keep in mind or know or resources? Um, I think just knowing that there are people who engage in creative practices and that identify as creatives or or don't, um, but maybe are, are looking for community through art um, and that you don't have to be getting an art degree mm-hmm. to to interact with other people who are who are on a similar path. Like you mm-hmm. said, the meetups, the adult ed classes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just having a couple of friends over to your house and having a, some paper and some markers or whatever, yeah. you know, it can be very low tech and <laughs> old school and old school and um not require any significant investment of money or yeah or even time yeah it can be just a um, little bit it can be just a little bit at a time um or even you know on a day where maybe you don't sit down to draw or write I know there's those days for me where I wish I had and I mm-hmm. just didn't have the time until it was late and I was exhausted and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, there's still ways of you're walking to catch the bus or you're driving on the freeway and you're caught in traffic and maybe just thinking about things, um, in the way that an artist might or noticing the way mm-hmm. that the light is hitting the road mm-hmm. or the trees and, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, or, or you, you might think of, I know when I'm driving or when I'm walking, I often think of a way of articulating something, or I think mm-hmm. of the first line to a story that I want to write. And I really try to write that down if I can, mm-hmm. not while I'm driving, <laughs> don't recommend that, but, um, to, to write that stuff down or to make a mental note of it so that when I do have more time, um, I, I can come back to that and maybe use it as a prompt for myself to get started. Um, yeah. The word that keeps coming to mind as you talk about creative practices is, is really just embodying, mm-hmm. um, kind of embodying that experience. And um, you're talking about looking for creativity as it happens and when it does to catch it and keep your eyes open and savor it and write it down and come back to it. Yeah. And that can be sort of a mindfulness practice mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. noticing beauty mm-hmm. in the world and in mm-hmm. whatever mundane moments you go through mm-hmm. during your day. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. Um, so as we often do with the podcast, we'll leave you with something to think about or a little bit of self-care homework to reflect on. So, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about uh, that wise mind space where you connect with um, that kind of responsiveness of taking care of yourself and what needs to happen. So if you were to just even take a deep breath right now and breathe in um, on the inhale and ask yourself, you know, what could I do to start a creative practice? And just pay attention to what comes up and start there and give yourself five minutes to practice that. And if you're looking for more resources or want to follow up, you can definitely check out Alana Story, lcsw.com. Or you can follow up with me at therapyforreallife.com. Have a great day.